Welcome to the Evoke Greatness podcast. My name is Sunny, and this is my weekly podcast driven by my curious nature and fascination with the champion mindset. I have an insatiable hunger for growth and knowledge, and I'm dedicated to sharing the stories of myself and others and how we have navigated the journey to greatness, all while stumbling through valuable lessons along the way. I am a huge book nerd and a wee bit of a control enthusiast with an obsession for motivational coffee cups. I believe that a rising tide raises all ships, and I invite you along in this journey to evoke greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Evoke Greatness. My guest today is Lee Burgess, CEO and founder of Bold Industries Group, fellow chief member, woo-woo, got to do a shout out for that, and contributing writer to, my goodness, Forbes, Success, Entrepreneur, Fast Company. Sister, you are doing big, bold things. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be here. I can't wait to hear a little bit more about your journey. I think people are so interested to hear how and and where you got to where you are today. And so for those who don't know you, would you share the story of your journey in becoming the woman that you are today, the leader that you are today? Sure. So definitely lifelong. (laughs) So all 50 years I've been working at it for sure. So in September, 2020, I made a, a, a large pivot and really, I think that was the largest pivot that I made, which was to start uh, my own company and found re- really an S corp, which has four different businesses within it. Uh, prior to that, I've been an executive senior executive in healthcare for over 25 years. Uh, started out as a project manager, worked my way through different areas of the healthcare system to really um, be an innovative agitator. And so try to help things move faster, quicker, be more clear, uh, rapid transformation or improvement. Um, I particularly worked in research, so I was in charge of clinical research entities. So to me, there was always like no time to waste and it needed to be at the highest levels of safety and quality for what we were doing. So intense uh, for sure. Loved it because I feel like the reason I do what I do is to make a difference and, and for good. And so, but by September 20, after a pretty hard run at some large academics and some incredible projects, which yielded tremendous results. And, you know, ultimately the last one was during the beginning of the pandemic, uh, my team was able to stand up a study very quickly before, this was obviously before vaccines were in place. We started the remdesivir study pretty quickly and were able to have participants be able to use it by end of March. So March 20, we were able to bring in uh, participants for the study. And and I'm very proud to say everyone that came into the study went home. And uh, that's not easily said about a lot of uh, studies, especially with, with COVID. So then, you know, it was pretty gnarly uh, for a lot of industries, but particularly healthcare. And I think my 16 to 17 hour days from, you know, beginning of March through when I left in September, they took their toll. Uh, for me, I, I gave my notice and I had a month's notice. And at the same time I gave my notice, I submitted my escort papers to the state uh, to incorporate. And what was interesting just about giving the notice and moving forward is scary and risky. And I don't know, like you can put in a lot of adjectives, <laughs> so maybe not for a podcast, but <laughs> I think it was just, it was a big unknown, but it felt so freeing. And so for me, like to be able to say all these things, I wish I could, I if I, if I was, and uh, wow, I'd like to, like, it was available. 
And so it was nice that during that month, I was able to go through the incorporation process. And then really my last day was a Friday. That following Monday, I had my incorporation formalized and it was kind of cool. I took a picture with the with the form that came in the mail and all of that. So, and really kicked it off by actually taking some time for me, as crazy as that sounds, um, just to kind of re-equilibrate to like life because I had backburnered myself for a very long time, my health, you know, and inherently and unintentionally my family uh, just because of how I was working and so much, uh, uh, you know, intensity of how I was working didn't leave a lot on the plate uh, for any for anyone. So mm-hmm. took some time off and also got a coach myself that wasn't just about it's not wasn't a normal coach like this was an entrepreneurial uh, person who understood not only what it is like to be an entrepreneur, but like what you would need to do from a, a mental and uh, well-being state to do that. So took time to actually focus on that, which felt good, but at the same time, very like selfish or like, is it, is it really okay for me to do that? And obviously a lot of support from my family uh, to do whatever I needed and to, to kind of get going. And then really started from October to December of 20, getting into my signature products and how I would work with um, different companies. And on my birthday in January, I launched it and had a list of 15 people I knew and just started working that list and talking to people and uh, got my first client in May of 21. So really just a year ago. And it's hard to believe I, I usually have six to 10 clients now, staff of five. And uh, this year, we're starting to integrate some of the the other businesses into the work um, and doing some unique things uh, with retreats and, and strategic meetings. At what point did you have that moment where you said, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to go in complete different direction. I'm going to go in my own direction and I'm going to drive this idea. What, yeah. what was it that drove that? For me, it was actually, and I don't recommend this for anyone else's health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I came home from a really stressful meeting where I stood up for the right thing, which is why I'm always like, if you go on my uh, LinkedIn and things like that, or even our name, uh, it's about being bold. And confidence and being courageous. It doesn't mean you're not scared or there isn't risk. It just means you like stick yourself out there sometimes. And really, I did that in my career. I came home from a meeting. It was a very stressful meeting um, where I would just say it didn't go well in the sense of how I would like to be supported, uh, but I did what I needed to do. And my eye actually had burst a vein from the blood pressure type of moment. So like the health aspect of that to me was like, literally, how could I not see it? (laughs) That this has got to change. And so I think, you know, from, from there forward, it was, you know, from a, there's also a financial mindset that goes into that. So I was the primary person, uh, you know, working in, in, you know, they call it the breadwinner. We've got to come up with a better name than that, but right. You know, like, I don't know, take out Chinese. I don't know. It needs to be <laughs> bread. <laughs> anyway. So like in the sense of that, like, um, so for me, I had to think through the financial aspects of that. And we, you know, we spoke at a family and, you know, no matter what, I think my family was like, whatever you need to do, we will figure it out. Um, and so like moving this and saving that and using this for this, I think that's what we, you know, we planned. And for me, it was just that moment of, I need to not, you know, life's too short and, um, I'm really good at what I do, but I'm not finding joy in it. And I really want to be joyful again in, in the work that I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, that is what it takes sometimes. Yeah. I was talking with someone recently about, 
clarity, been praying a lot for clarity. And, and it's funny because be careful what you ask for, right? Because right. all of a sudden you make it a two by four in the face <laughs> and it's like, Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. that's pretty clear, but, but sometimes it's our health that yeah. it, it goes to the wayside. And so uh, I'm glad that you, that that was enough of a call for you to say, okay, I, I need for me and, and my health and my family to do something different and actually yeah. acted on that. Yeah. Yeah. You have a fascinating business model. Tell us a little bit about, so you have a, a kind of a handful of companies mm -hmm. under the umbrella. And so tell us what that looks like. Yeah. So when we were doing, and I say we, cause it really is, you know, me and my family uh, I'm closest with really thinking about what would we do if we could, cause it was the first time we could actually think like that, honestly. Um, my husband's an engineer, design engineer, does incredible remodeling of homes. We've ripped up our house a gazillion times over in every <laughs> house we've been in. <laughs> so he's got lots of practice from that aspect. Uh, so from that perspective, he is able to be a contractor. And um, just being able to think about what would we do, we kind of took a slice of things that we enjoy. So obviously, I still enjoy business and healthcare and operational strategy and coming in, but doing it in an agile manner. So my signature products are called D90, D60, and D30. So what do you want to accomplish? And, and D is days. And like, what do we measure? And how do we like keep, you know, trucking through like it didn't work? Okay, let's look here. Or someone may come in and say, I think our issue is here around our organizational structure. And then we we do what's called a 360 um, view of the problem or 360 engagement. We look holistically around. It's here, but actually, I think over here, it's turnover, or maybe some of the issues with recruiting or onboarding and we dig into some of the issues that way. So really staying in that sweet spot of what I'm good at, but also integrating some of the things that like I figured out how much I love design and how I love going out and finding things, the right thing for someone's space or even my own space. Um, on my LinkedIn, you saw me, if you follow me recently, I, I've been visiting this stained glass for so long, uh, wanting to buy it to put it into a project and was able to do it just a couple of weeks ago, but just, you know, bringing things to life um, and then helping people feel good. So that really is the second uh, business, which is called Designed, and it's around interior, exterior design and curated events. And what's cool this year is we're bringing kind of the curated events and spaces that make you happy into uh, the strategic retreat called the Bold Retreat, which is an integration of, you know, what have you been putting off that you want to do? Like one day, write a book, one day, start a podcast, fill in the blank. Um, actually working on that a little bit with me before in some coaching sessions, coming to the retreat with uh, 10 other women who are also thinking that way. And then having what I call mandatory wellness in a way where you have credits to go to the spa or go to the beach or learn to sup or just sit by the pool and read. Um, having some space to think and be creative. And so that's nice, uh, you know, a, a, you know, integration of that second business. The third business is construction. And that kind of just goes hand in glove with some of the things that uh, my husband's good at. And obviously in the interior design piece and exterior design. And then last one, we haven't even touched yet, but it, we love to be outside. We love to go to concerts and music. So last one, and I don't drink cider or beer, <laughs> But I love the idea of making rubs and sauces out of that and working with local yeah. breweries and then naming each one after a song. So that's the idea with that one. So it's like a slice of what we like and what we find joy in. And then ultimately, um, you know, I have 100 creative ideas an hour. So I think, you know, being able to kind of then take things as they go and slowly and not just be out there doing a whole bunch of things. But, you know, we've been thoughtful, um, had a good year, obviously first year with the first business and are thoughtfully rolling each one out 
as we feel like it's a, a good time to do that in a planful time. I love in talking about your retreat, I love the approach that you're taking, which is what I would think of as a really holistic approach. And mm-hmm. I don't mean holistic, just health. Mm-hmm. I mean, a holistic as in like coaching the whole person, right? Because it's, there's not just one part of us that's coached. And if there is, I think there's a tendency to get off balance. Mm-hmm. And so we can executive coach all day long and get better in our profession. But then what happens if you go too heavy there and you, you know, you take your, your foot off the gas from a uh, personal perspective. And so Mm -hmm. I love that approach that you're taking. What, you know, what, what, what value do you think people would take out of that? I think, you know, it's actually a firsthand experience that I had. I have had different coaches throughout my career, but when um, I, I shared that right after I decided to make the move and, and get going with our business, I took time to actually coach myself up and reset and also understand myself better. I think what was interesting is I had spent 48 years thinking that the world just needed to understand me. Like here I am, bold, straightforward, not rude, but I mean, I'm going to say things like they are and I'm, I'm going to challenge the status quo of mediocrity. <laughs> Every day. But I think what I thought it was interesting was when I what I realized is like, it's my job to actually understand myself first, and then figure out how to navigate this place. And that was a total flip of mindset and also reduced a lot of stress and frustration and the, well, if it was me, and I would have done it, I don't even say that anymore, because I don't expect it. (laughs) You know, so I think for me, that was really helpful from a firsthand perspective. And then as I work through some of the things, not only in my own coaching, but in working with clients was the mindset aspect of the work, the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And that, you know, I thought, well, I always have a growth mindset. I was like, you know, no, that's not, I'm more so living in that land than fixed, but we do have moments where we do vastly bad to fix and being able to understand kind of what's that about and like, what's, what's happened that, you know, you think this is the way it is, or it can't get any better or um, you're just going to have to live with it, which are things, or this is the way we've always done it <laughs> uh, when people are trying to improve something or make yes. something better. So for me was also, I think we do a lot of things where, oh, let's go away on vacation or let's take a retreat. And I know my work retreats never felt like a retreat. It felt like a lot of work and uh, politics and just, it's still, I'm an introvert. So like it took for me a lot of energy to do some of those things I could do them and do them well, but it wasn't like a lot of fun. And I never felt like I could actually be creative. I could maybe have a creative moment, but not, it was about being creative or thinking that way. So I love the idea of like, you have a goal that I'm going to work with you and we're going to talk about before you even get there. I mean, some people are like, they're massively making improvements already because they like having an accountability, somebody else and a commitment to like meeting these other women and like being able to like, I want, I want their feedback on. And I'd love to see what people think. And I'm going to be bring three different logo options or whatever. They're kind of getting jazzed about it. And it's May. And I think that's exciting to retreat in October. And so just seeing that I think has been helpful too. So I think bringing in mindsets and understanding yourself and then being able to not only just go away and think about your well-being, but to be strategically creative uh, while you're doing it. And it may just be you're coming to do your 2023 plan. Like I always knew that was lovely to do in advance versus last minute in December. So like being able to get that kick started, um, like from the roles that I've had in the past, I think this would be a great opportunity to do that. Or some people are starting, they've had this idea for 
five years and every week they've done X, Y, or Z, but they've never been able to figure out or, or been able to have space to go to the next phase of it. So I think it's a connection to the mindset and this, the openness of that there's a possibility that they can be done. And I think that's, what's been most exciting for me is just to see people see that it's possible. That's great. What would you say? I think there's so much value that comes out of lessons along the Mm -hmm. way and lessons are typically not the most comfortable thing, right? They can be painful. We fall down, we scrape. Yeah, usually you learn from your failures the most. Right. Honestly, That's exactly. Right? So <laughs> when you think about that first year that you stepped out and you said, all right, this is what I declared. This is what I'm going after with, with, uh, with everything I have. What were some of the biggest lessons that you got out of that first year of stepping yeah, out on I, your own? Yeah. I think I learned that every idea I have is not a good idea. <laughs> Uh, I have a lot of them and I think it's nice on my team. Like I'm paired in a way with someone who's very analytical and looks at trends and connects with kind of our overall strategies and financials, which is good for the creative to not just like be all over. But like, if you're in my office, like I have post-it notes and papers and, you know, I have a gazillion journals that have like things half written in them. Like I'm very annoying that way. Cause like wherever we get an idea, I'm going to, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> And whatever piece of paper is there is what I'm going to do it. So I think every idea isn't a good idea. I think the other lesson learned is I was actually, and this, I hope this sounds okay, but it's, I was better than I thought. I was able to actually engage with people. I thought I'd be terrible at what I called sales or talking to people, but I was actually for the first time really authentically able to be 100% me, which was just for me, the lesson learned was like, that was good. And I think I had been in a corporate world where, you know, you're allowed to be not all the time, hundred percent you. And I think you're sometimes critiqued on the part of you that isn't in line or in alignment or maybe, you know, what they need at that moment. Um, and so it does, it doesn't feel as freeing, I guess. And so I think that was my another lesson learned is like, I was really good at what I did and could talk to people in a way that they understood what I wanted to try. And the last thing, I think number three was you will know your people pretty quickly and those that you have to try really hard to convince or, you know, like for your signature product or even convince with your ideas. I mean, there will be people as you level up what you're doing that will level off or or, or maybe even fall away. So that ev- not everyone was happy for me from a colleague or a friend perspective. They thought I was kind of crazy or what are you doing? Or, you know, you left a stable job and all that jazz that goes along with it. And you have to be careful with that and not laying that noise in because you already have enough doubt, <laughs> you know, like at least most people do. They have a little bit right. there. And like, it just needs a little bit of water to grow. And like, sometimes you hear that enough and you're like, Oh, it, when am I doing the right thing? And so I think it was important for me to to make sure that the folks that were in my inner circle, I've heard different names for it, like your your board of directors that you use, you know, making sure you sought, you know, guidance and feedback from others, um, I think was really important in that time frame. And it wasn't maybe the people that you would have expected. Do you think maybe some of that was giving yourself permission to be super authentic? Totally. Oh yeah, totally. I think I think that's probably as I look back. And man, I wish I was a, like what I knew now. I knew at 25 and I know that makes me sound very old and I know 50 is not old. I'm just saying that, wow, I could have like done so much more and helped so much more and maybe not had so much stress. But I think as I look back, I think that's probably what frustrated me the most was that 
I was very entrepreneurial. I have a lot of ideas. Obviously, I was in the right space, a research space, innovation, move fast. But I sometimes because of that mentality, I couldn't actually implement things fast, especially in large bureaucratic systems that take time and those types of things. So I think I was for the first time working with people who wanted to move as fast as possible and they wanted me to lead that and they wanted to work with me to accomplish it. So I think it was just like, check, 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 you know, how fast do you want to go? Um, and then I think they were also seeking my thoughts, opinions, and expertise in a way that they valued it. And I think that was refreshing for me and reaffirming for me. Cause not, I mean, maybe, maybe you get affirmation every day, how awesome you are from your boss, but I, I don't think I was receiving that um, right. <laughs> every day. I knew I was doing a good job, but I think it's nice to know that, you know, you're able to actually do a good job and hear from your clients and the people that you work with, that you're making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And we all need that, right? Because you can't, yeah. uh, as the saying goes, you can't pour from an empty vase. Yeah. And so if you are giving your all out and you're not getting any of that back, it's going to leave you completely empty. And then that's when you run into the issues like you talked about earlier of, of health being compromised and personal life being compromised because that balance is just, it's not oh, yeah, High stress. Like I think now, like looking back, I was absolutely burnt out. I mean, that's, I mean, probably going down the definition of it. I, you know, the checklist of it, you know, I was sleeping max four hours, immediately jumping up on my phone. What did I miss? Who did I need to contact? We were in the middle of the pandemic towards the end of, of my stints in the corporate world. And so it, extremely intense and a lot of things have it happening. So for me, like I just, you know, and I was working 16 hours on, you know, a regular basis. And so it was, it was very difficult. And then not, like you said, it impacted the personal and professional side of me. You know, I wouldn't maybe solve problems the way they should be solved or, you know, maybe not speak the way that I should, but I was just trying to get stuff done. And uh, I think it was a learning for me too, like what didn't go right. And I always start there and sometimes I shouldn't, but I think there's always reflection time of like, well, how would I've done that differently today? Um, And I think that's important, but I think for me, it was also important for me not to take full responsibility for everything that didn't go right, which was definitely something I did uh, in the corporate world. So I had like this mantle of responsibility of like, like whatever went wrong, I could have done better. (laughs) But really, I did really well. And I did the best I could. And I can't, I can't actually make everyone uh, get to the same place. Uh, They have to give some effort there. Yeah. And you can't please everybody all the time. And I think often, when we go through experiences, it is you, you may get some great experiences or circumstances where you realize, wow, that's a really great example of what to do. Mm -hmm. And that may be somebody who's feeding into you and speaking into you. I think equally as valuable are those lessons of what not to do. Mm -hmm. Have you, you know, can you share some of those that you've come across where it's been an experience where you've, you've said, wow, this has been valuable to me in a, in a different way not it's adding or speaking into me rather this is something that i you know is an example of what not to do yeah i think i'll give a corporate example maybe the entrepreneurial example sure. i think from the corporate standpoint and i i pretty much know this myself but i think it's always helpful to see someone maybe in a higher level or you know in a different role in the organization but in a you know a higher level position um, not treat people appropriately and understand the ramifications of the power versus the um, you know, someone could be extremely high performing, 
uh, but you don't trust them. I just saw Simon Sinek, you know, really quick. He was doing some visual and he was talking about Navy SEALs. And it was like, what was interesting was high performing, low trust. They're not going to be in the elite six. The people who are going to be in the elite six, the top six SEALs in any group, they're going to potentially even be um, medium performance, but high trust. And in that, of course, they're looking for the high trust, high performance, but they'll go down because of the trust factor. So mm-hmm. seeing people, how they're treated and understanding how people trust people, I think was has been a learning in the corporate world. And I think I'm really big on authenticity. And um, for me, the more ethical line will ne- you know, will never beat the political line. So I think that's where my rub a lot was in, in the corporate world. I'll always do the right thing. From, from the moral and ethical perspective, even if it upsets the political harmony. From an entrepreneurial perspective, I think for me, lessons learned really were around the launch and, um, you know, just believing in myself and the power of like just my inner circle support, how much they fueled me. And even today, like I was talking with someone yesterday and I was like, you know, I don't think I've made enough progress in May. And I like started to talk about stuff. And she's like, I haven't talked to you in a week. But that sounds like you've done a lot over the last week. So even just like hearing someone echo it back to me, I think that's a lesson learned for me, too, that I need to still continue to work on just to gain confidence um, that I'm doing a good job, that I'm making a difference. And that, um, you know, even though I don't know what my bar is, but sometimes it's it might be a little too hard and, and a little unrealistic on myself. Right. Right. Well, and I think we're always our own worst critics. Mm-hmm. You know, we can always pick out everywhere we should have said a different word and we should have done something a little different. And that's why it's so important to surround ourselves with good counsel. Or you talked mm-hmm. about like that, that almost like that personal board of directors mm-hmm. to where you have that ability, that soundboard to bounce things off of. And, th- and that people will be really honest with you because you value their input and you can trust their, their feedback. Mm-hmm. And like be open to listening. I mean, I'm a very driven, every now and then hard-headed, you know, like make it happen type of person, but you have to be willing to listen to. And I think my ears work a lot better now than they did uh, a year or so ago. I'm still working on that. But I think that what I mean by that is obviously hearing the good messages coming in. And like, I thanked the person yesterday for kind of reiterating some things back to me because I, you know, was just kind of running through like the to-dos and it was like, wait a minute, like that's a lot. And you've done a lot in a short period of time. So I think opening up yourself to like feeling good about yourself and like being okay with taking some of that in. I think I've always been someone who I like to be appreciated, but I don't like the attention. Mm. And so I think that's probably just years and years of that where it's just, I probably don't, you know, just like put me in a newsletter that you thank me. I don't need to be thanked on a stage or anything like that. (laughs) So I think that's a little different of a, of a swing, you know, from the perspective, just being open to some of that, that goodness that's coming. Well, and isn't it sometimes about reframing it? What I find myself doing is when I am most stuck on something and I can't find that solution, I can't get to that, you know, something for whatever reason I'm stuck. What I find is if I can reframe it and look at it as if that's someone else's problem, Mm -hmm. and maybe how would I come in and just offer unbiased guidance to them, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it works or whether it doesn't. And all of a sudden I can find that wow, when I just put the lens on a little bit of a different way, I actually found, I worked through that and I found my solution and being open to doing that. Yeah. There's a lot of power in the world's tell me, you know, in the sense of, 
you know, definitely reframing. And I think the other one I would use is redirecting. Like Mm -hmm. when things aren't going the way that you want them to go, it isn't your job to constantly just keep pounding it (laughs) to make sure it works or gets done. And I had that mentality for a really, really long time because I'm I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to change course. I'm going to this is the way we should do it when really like it's you need to be redirected, whether it's a personal thing or professional thing. Sometimes it's just a redirection. And sometimes that happens from things that we learn, too, that don't work out the way we want them to work out. Um, and I think if for a very long time, I think I now feel like I've been chasing things or was chasing things that were never really meant for me. So that's why they, I wasn't, a, whether it's a promotion or a CEO role or whatever it may be, I am now a CEO, but of my own company and that worked out. I'm not a CEO of a hospital and that's okay. Um, and in like ninth grade, that was my goal to be a CEO of a children's hospital. So from that perspective, I think it's just, it's interesting to stop chasing and just actually maybe just taking in and being aware of what's happening and how things are happening and what you may be repeating that should just be stopped and what you should be, what you're repeating that, you know, is good. And then what you're not even doing that you should start. Um, So it's, it's that stop, continue and start type of moment that I think I have rolled through a couple times and still continue to do on a regular basis. I'm curious, what, what was it when you were uh, younger that, what caught your attention of wanting to be a CEO of a children's hospital? I think I just, I, I think from the perspective of medicine and being, you know, in that realm, just, I love the idea of science and innovation. Um, I didn't get a really good <laughs> grade in chemistry, but I, you know, I love the idea of being innovative and I, I just felt like people didn't need to be hurting or could be treated faster. I think that's probably where, you know, and I grew up in a household of like people that make things happen um, you know, getting stuff done and being like super efficient. My mom had two to three jobs the whole time I was growing up. So like I saw someone who could like fit all the pieces of the puzzle together from a child's view, like who knows like what it felt like for her from that perspective. But like, and she was making it all happen and still doing pickups and drop-offs and doing it all. And I was like, wow, like she's so efficient and like, you know, it was an art. And though for me, like I saw just, I really liked the idea of science and being innovative, but I felt like there was a leadership aspect of it that, that helped or support, you know, what the science was. And that was actually a part I thought I was good at, like the management, the leadership, the direction, the figuring puzzles of, of work out and, and I, you know, running teams or running group projects or things like that. So like I comboed that. Um, and then I wanted to be able to, so my undergrad in nursing was really so that I could, didn't just speak administ- administrator, that I actually knew what it was like. And some of my experiences during, you know, my, my nursing school, I think I still remember them and what they meant and the rounding and thing that we, things that we did in that. And that did help me as I went into my different path, you know, in, in my career in management and healthcare primarily. You talked about uh, the example of your mom and mm-hmm. her her being that go-getter and getting the things done. Do you think that that is really what kind of spurred that boldness in you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, 
I think from the perspective of you learn a lot, obviously, from your parents and you hope to keep the good stuff and the things that you would change, you know, that you, you know, I don't ever want to do X insert. There's probably something Um, you hope you don't keep that. And you hope that for your children, too, that they get all the awesome parts at you. And then, you know, the ones that you're still working on that they don't have to deal with. Right. But yeah, seeing her do that. And also if there was an issue or if she was stressed out or, you know, like, I didn't ever see my parents fight, you know, or I didn't see a disagreement. It doesn't mean that they didn't. It just means that they did it privately, you know, and, you know, had conversations like that. Cause every marriage you talk things out and you go through things. So, but I think from that perspective, for me, it was just seeing her do that. And then still, and we've had some hardships in our life and seeing her be able to do what she needed to do. So I lost my brother when I was six so I was in kindergarten. So she lost a child. And now being a mom, like, mm. I don't even want to think about it. I won't even let my mind go there, honestly. And I don't want to cry. <laughs> but I think seeing my mom do that and what she yeah. had to do to like go left, right, left, right, uh, losing her 11 year old son in a freak accident plane. So from the perspective of that, like just seeing her go through that, like, bold and brave like she wears that uh from that moment and then also just seeing what she did from a professional standpoint she went to school and worked and you know just as and still working today i can't get her to stop but she likes it and uh you know so she's still helping people and making a difference even today sounds like an incredible mother yeah she's she rocks what a gift what a gift shifting gears a little bit sure There are, you know, uh, you and I are both members of Chief. I think there's a lot of kind of fire and flames going about uh, this massive network of women. Mm -hmm. And so I think there, you know, I talk with women often about they have these big ideas and that may be this business idea. And so it resonates so well with you because you actually, you had the idea and you executed and you really went full force on it. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give somebody who has these big ideas and may want to step out and have the courage to be bold and, and make the move to make their own business or create their own business? What what guidance would you give them? Yeah. So I talk a lot about a big swing of bold, right? But the baby ones are just as important. So the baby swing of bold. So like, just start. Like I was talking with someone uh two weeks ago or a week ago. And she was talking, I have nine podcasts. I have them all recorded. I really want to launch my own podcast. And I said, so why haven't you? And she's like, I don't think it's good enough. And then we kind of unpack that, right? Like, why not? Is it, is it not recorded well? Or, you know, and she's like, no. And she was able to like answer all these questions. So by the end of it, she's like, okay, by the next time I talk to you, I'm going to have my website done. I'm going to have. So actually I think, you know, taking whatever step it is, whether it's telling someone about it, I've, there's power in that. You know, I told my LinkedIn group, although there's what, 3,800 people I've never met, except for me, my husband and my daughter (laughs) who are on there, but I feel responsible to them to like achieve my goal, which is 310,000 steps by the end of this month. And I've had to like, you know, on Saturday, I didn't, I went to a Red Sox game, so I didn't walk my five miles. So like we recalibrated, okay, I need to do 13,000 today. So anyway, like that responsibility by telling someone else your goal is really powerful. Telling three people about your goal, like exponentially increases your potential of actually achieving it, uh, which I thought was really interesting to read. So telling 3,800, you know, and being accountable and showing that social proof that you're doing it is kind of fun. Uh, It's a little stressful too, like the responsibility of of keeping your word, but that's really helpful too. So I say begin 
I say, write it down. And then I say, tell, tell a couple of people what you're doing and watch it happen, you know, because you'll, maybe you say, I want to talk to you every first of the month about this goal that I have. And it could be a health goal. It could be a professional goal. It could be a creative idea, but just knowing that, oh man, I'm talking with Lee on Monday. I better like, even though I haven't done anything all month, I'm going to work on it. Or I'll come to the meeting and tell Lee I didn't work on it, but these are the things that are happening. Like, you know, my child got sick or my mom isn't feeling well, or I don't feel well. And then you talk about that. And that's helpful as well from just a well-being perspective, because they're absolutely connected. Your mindset, your performance, and, you know, your well-being are all interconnected. I love that. I think declaring whatever it is, right? Calling out and, and being, out there. Ac- absolutely and sharing mm-hmm. it, which can seem really, really scary. But that example that you gave was why I didn't do a podcast for a year. I sat in this space <laughs> of being terrified of, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to sound so ridiculous. What am I going to do? How am I ever going to get a guest on? You know, what does that look like? And I finally had to get to a place where I said, I'm willing to suck for long enough at this until I get better. Yeah. I bet you and, never even sucked. You know what yeah. I mean? So. <laughs> but we create this narrative in our head, of course. right? That of course. it's gloom and doom and and I'm going to sound ridiculous and, you know, fill in the blank for whatever circumstance or situation that you're in. And we, and we tend to sometimes be our own roadblocks and our own obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like so many quotes about like not taking the shot or not making the shot you don't take or getting the hit you don't bat or whatever it may be. There's like a gazillion of them on LinkedIn every day, usually. But I think the key thing is like, just begin, permit yourself to write it down and don't beat yourself up if you don't accomplish it. Like I already said, like I told my husband on Saturday, I was like, maybe I set my goal too high. But instead of that, I'm just trying to figure out how do I take 310 divided by how many remaining days. And I'm yep. using a very simple example. Sure. But it's not easy uh, when you're working and doing things and having fun and, you know, like going places and that kind of stuff. But um, I, I still want to accomplish that goal. So just even knowing that you might have to like reassess like, how do you get there? Right. Like my idea, again, this simple example of, you know, May 1st to May 31st, you divide it by 31, you know, you get your miles in and you go, well, then life happens. And like, okay, by the 10th, what is today? The 9th, I have to like divide it by a different, you know, number. And that's just a recalibration. Same thing, like with strategic goals, like, you set a plan usually in December, January, of this is what I want to do. My one word for the year, my vision board, like I've done just about all of them. Uh, some of them stick. I still do the vision board. I didn't do the one word this year because I didn't do very well with it last year. I do think it's a good idea though. You know, it has to fit for you, but like even by February, I was like, okay, that's not a realistic goal. So like doing that quarterly check-in on your annual goals, I think is super helpful too, because it's okay to recalibrate. And so that's a good thing for people who are setting goals is just know to start, but know that recalibration is like a really natural thing. Maybe you said it should be six months and actually it needs to be nine and that's okay, but you're still doing it. When you, I think when you have that sense of responsibility and accountability, whether that's to yourself or to others and sharing that and declaring whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you're, you know, you're calling your shot on, that's when you have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. when you're going to recalibrate after the ninth of the month and say, okay, I'm going to have to up my game a bit because <laughs> I had a few days that I didn't hit that goal yet. So now I have to overcompensate a little bit because a I'm still going to hit the goal at the end of the month. 
Yeah, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like when we did the math, I was like, all right, I can do that. Like I thought it was going to be something terrible and I was going to tell everybody I didn't make the goal. <laughs> I was like, I can still do it, but I can't keep doing it. And I think that's helpful for me to know too. I was like, okay, it's getting to the point where I can't keep pushing it off. And also it's not healthy either uh, to, to overexert yourself and do those right. types of things. So I don't want to be unhealthy. So, but I guess the recalibration, like reframing for me, going back to kind of what you said too, was it's okay to reframe your goal, reframe your steps, um, you know, even redefine potentially. Um, I've been writing a book since September of 20. I started, it's been a year of, oh, is it good enough? And I, I put it out there this year that it's coming. And it's, it's amazing how much it's even changed and how I've gone back and kind of even reframed some of the chapters and some of the things I talked about. Or even when I started, I was very, very private and didn't share a lot of things mm-hmm. that just, that's just the way I am. I was like, okay, for people to know me, I'm going to have to let a little out. And so I've gotten better and better at that. And I think that's also helped with some reframing for me. It's like, it's okay to share and it's okay to say that when things don't go well, I, I'm a big believer of like learning from that and helping people also understand, you know, don't, don't do the same thing I did. doesn't mean it'll happen to you, but maybe you can learn from things that I did that you don't have to repeat. Right. And you, and you, people don't get the full effect of that unless you're vulnerable enough or yeah. willing to be vulnerable enough to put some out there. And, yeah. and, and even, you know, whether that is stories in your book or mm-hmm. you had shared your, um, the different options for book covers and, mm-hmm. yep. and, and really kind of garnering that feedback from others. But uh, there's value in that, right? Because they may see something or have a perspective that you didn't see before. And if you would have never asked, you would have, you would have missed that. Yeah, the title changed. So yes. like, you know, just from that example, they liked one particular picture, which I was okay with, but it was like overwhelming. Like it was a picture of me looking down a path of unknown almost. Yes. In the White Mountains in New Hampshire. And um, so it looks like I'm figuring stuff out. And then, you know, from the perspective of bold life, brave path, that's actually what the what the book is titled now. So it's just interesting to see the iterative process of that. But like, it's also like, that's what happens if you take too long to write it, like it just keeps changing. And I think that's right. kind of like your dissertation, like it just <laughs> takes yep. forever to finish it if you keep not paying attention to it or backburning it. So um, really important to to make sure you set a goal for that. If that's one of your goals, uh, I definitely have some tips for you on writing a book of what not to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. As you look back from your lens today, what advice would you give your younger self throughout your journey? I always comes instantly to my mind when I'm asked this question is like, give yourself a break. Mm. Like just at the first thing that pops in my head and I have just been consistently hard on myself, like work harder, be smarter, do more, get more done, look better, lose more weight, get a promotion, like whatever it is, you know, like I just really tough on myself. And I had, I I don't think I took time to celebrate some of the awesomeness that happened, you know, from 25 to 50. And there were some, I mean, my daughter was born at that time. It was wonderful. And, but I was working two jobs and in school. So like, and that was crazy. So from that perspective, like, but the things you do, like you don't think about it when you're doing it, you look back and go, how did we do that? Um, but I think I would just give myself a little bit more grace and not be so hard on myself and celebrate wins, whether they're small, medium or big, um, yeah. you know, from that perspective, the other day I was where, you know, it's spring. Well, it's, it's, I think spring's over in most of the country, but in New England, it's just started. Our closets and doing some of the turnovers of your clothes and things like that. 
and I have a bunch of watches. And I looked at them the other day and I was like, why do I have so many watches? I felt kind of guilty. But I used to buy myself a watch every time I accomplished something. So that was the only way I really celebrated it. So I must have had some really good stuff happening because I have a lot of watches and I want to donate them now. Um, but I think, you know, from that perspective, like there should be more than a watch that celebrates you and it should be a moment, a memory, uh, time with your family or loved ones and those types of things, uh, from that perspective. So that would be my advice. Yeah, that's great. And I think we don't get that early on because it's experiential, right? Mm -hmm. We, we go through and navigate those experiences to then garner the wisdom that comes with it. Mm -hmm. But I love that question because I think I love to see the lens in which, people see the world and, and the advice that they'd give to their earlier selves or their younger mm-hmm. selves. Yeah. I never applied myself in high school and did really, really well. That'd be the second you didn't ask me, but that'd be the other, I'd be apply yourself a little bit more in high school. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, from that perspective, it still worked out. Okay. For me, for sure. But I think that was, but the biggest one is just celebrate and give yourself a break. And I'm probably at 50. I need to hear it too. Every now and yeah. then. I'm intrigued by, uh, intrigued and and inspired by women who are doing big, bold things in the world. And, and so I love just even the title, even the Mm -hmm. name of your company, and then all that you put out and all of the uh, way that you engage with others really has the spirit of boldness in it. And so I absolutely love that, but I'm curious, what inspires you? Really to make a difference. I mean, as silly or cliche that might sound to people like I just that used to be every day when I left work, my windshield time used to call is like, did I make a difference today? Did something I do administratively, operationally, like move the needle for care or help a study get started faster? Or, you know, I, I worked in a cancer arena for a very long time. So I have felt a lot of stress, like get things out there. So people had options because research is really the only option. And so like I would leave work going, did I make a difference? And I think for me, that's really the lens that I look through is like, did I do something today? You know, we were looking at, you know, different projections and things like that. And I'm like, well, maybe the number isn't good, but like, wow, I've talked to a lot of people and, you know, I've heard people say things like, and I don't say this about me, but people say you're inspirational or you've really made me think differently about that event. Or, you know, I met someone who thought that they did something risky when really, when we reframed it to being bold, like it felt a whole lot better and it made a lot more sense for her. So like, I think those are wins. And then before, I don't think I would have qualified them as, as like something, you know, as, as good as they truly are. So awareness of that has has been something that's clear now as well. What advice would you have for others? You know, as we have the joy of being part of networks, such Mm -hmm. as Chief, such as LinkedIn, what advice would you have for folks for getting engaged in those types of networks? Be genuine. I think reaching out to everyone, their brother, just because is not the way to do it. It may get you numbers faster or whatever. You know, I've never been into the likes and the, you know, do I have a gazillion connections or do I have 7 million followers? Um, I'm not on every social media platform. I, I really love the A's and nineties where we didn't have any of that. You know, honestly, (laughs) we've, you're probably younger than me for sure. But I think from the perspective of just like, it wasn't complicated because we didn't have all the really there's a positive a pro and a con it was just there's a lot of noise there right so you have to like be selective and then think about what you want to listen to and what you want to disregard so i think when it comes to networks and connections 
really, you know, starting with a group of people, I think at Chief, we have something cool called a Rolodex and we can load people into our Rolodex. And I've just tried to reach out to two people a month on my Rolodex, have a conversation. Maybe we just meet each other. Maybe there's a connection in the future. Maybe they just know who I am and, or I know who they are if they can help me with something in the future, but just kind of starting that and putting yourself out there. I did the, I've never done speed dating or anything like that, but it was, they have a networking in Mm -hmm. a lot of places have this too. So like a virtual networking thing and you get put in a room with different members of chief and you get asked questions and you kind of meet people that way, which has been lovely too. But definitely like when I first started, I felt for the first time a bit of imposter syndrome, which my entire career, I would tell you, like, I never felt like I didn't belong in the room. Like I knew I belonged in the room. I may not have been welcome, <laughs> but I brought my own chair. Like literally that was me of my entire career, 25 to, to 50. But I think as I got into this, I'm a founder and I'm a CEO and I'm with these people that are just phenomenal and had years or maybe even just kind of did some bold things themselves. Like I, for the first time, I kind of had that feeling of like, I didn't belong. And like, the overwhelming connection and just support was for me for the first time. And there's lots of groups that do this, uh, but for this one, for me, my experience was so much different than any other group I'd ever been in. And it was just a welcoming and acceptance and how can I help you? And absolutely. I'll talk to you. And we're talking to people, you know, across every industry, which was also nice for me to like expose myself to someone outside of what I do every day. And that would be my other advice is like, if you're in healthcare, talk to someone in banking. If you're in banking, talk to someone in marketing and customer experience. If you're in customer experience, talk to someone, you know, it goes on and on. But I think getting that different perspective too, and hearing different operational strategies or things that people do with their teams or how they operate, it's, it's really fascinating to kind of see what connects and then what maybe be different that you might want to pick up and maybe even bring into your world. Right. Excellent advice. Well, as we wrap up, I want to make sure to get people directed in where they can find out more about you, reach out, find out about the retreat. You've got a virtual and in-person conference coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where can they find you? And I'll make sure to put all this uh, in the show notes as well. So the easiest one uh, is boldindustriesgroup.com. It's long, but I think that's the main place where you can get to all the different businesses. You can see the different things. You can learn a little bit more about me. The retreat is even easier. It's boldretreat.com. And so those those are the two if folks want to reach out. And uh, my email is just my first name, Lee, at boldindustriesgroup.com. So just shoot me a note. Happy to, to talk about anything uh, that came up or if anybody wants to follow up on anything that we discussed. Awesome. Lee, thank you so much for your time. I've appreciated getting to know you and being able to share a lot of your journey along the way that gives people a better understanding as to what you're doing and uh, and I think garner a lot of wisdom from the lessons that you've been able to share as well. So I appreciate you. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thanks for listening today. I hope you'll stick around. If you liked this episode, will you do me a favor? Go leave a review and share what you liked about it. Or heck, share what you didn't like about it. You'll struggle to find someone more open to feedback. And if you have ideas or comments on an episode, you can actually leave me a voice message directly. If you go to evokegreatness.com on the Contact Me tab, you can hit a button and leave me a voicemail. Y'all know I love a good quote, so I will leave you with this from Jeremy Coates. Being a champion has nothing to do with sports. It's a mindset, a skill of looking at challenges that seem impossible 
and rising up to overcome.